0: Clicker.
1: There we go. Brilliant. Over to you? Thank
0: you, Lisa. Wonderful. Oh, well, you look a nice bunch. Okay. <laughs> Looks can be deceptive. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, good morning. It's an absolute privilege, a real privilege, to be asked to speak with you guys this morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Michael. I'm 41 years old at the last count. Uh, I became a Christian in 1992, and I know that's pre-internet, so some of you guys are astounded that anyone could be uh, of this particular age. Uh, it's always interesting, being this age, you know, to, to half of you in the room will think I'm an old duffer, and the other half will think I'm a young man, and both are wrong. Okay, Um, I'm the minister of Champions Church like Lisa says which is an Assemblies of God church and I've been there since 2011 I'm married to the beautiful JJ from the Philippines who is the most precious gift God has given to me and uh, it's always interesting how God does things you sang the very song that we had we only sang one song at our wedding which was, uh, uh, which one was it? Not Christ Alone, the other one Uh, 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 No, no, it wasn't that one, the one before which was, how great, exactly. how great is our God? There we go, that was the one. Yes. <laughs> I'm taking notes for it, It's all a little bit of a blur, our wedding. It was. Yeah. I'll tell you about it sometime, another, another time. Um, wonderful. Let's just pray. Father, we say thank you that we can have the privilege of opening the precious holy scriptures this morning. And Lord, thank you that every time we do, it's powerful, effective, life-changing. And pray this morning you'd speak to us, change our lives, use us in the world that we are living in. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. For those of you who don't know, we are together with the other churches in Skipton looking at a series of messages focusing on aspects of Jesus. Our series is called Hashtag Do You Know Him? And we're asking that very question Do you know Jesus? Jesus is alive today and is seeking friendship with every single one of us. Can I honor your leadership this morning, Lisa, Phil? Matthew, uh, anybody else, Michael, wherever he is, Uh, I'm so impressed with you guys. Can I honor you um, for being prepared to work with other churches and other church leaders, something which isn't always the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, And pushing through with the vision of Do You Know Him. Thank you for bringing Jesus onto us. I know Jesus is always on our streets, but thank you for having a visible presence of Jesus on our streets again. Thank you for being the conduit of the Holy Spirit to move through in our town. You inspire me, you guys do. I'm proud of you and grateful for you. Anyone who is in this room that thinks what is happening at the moment with Do You Know Him is normal and commonplace, please slap yourself right now, Uh, what is taking place is truly extraordinary. It's a divine work of God. And make sure you're involved with it. I know many of you guys already are. If you haven't had opportunity, there's chance to get involved. It's the stuff of heaven, and you need heaven in your world. Today we're looking at the title of Jesus being leader and example, Leader and example. There's a gazillion things I would love to say on this subject. Something I'm quite passionate about. Uh, Lisa very kindly asked me, what would you like to speak on? And I said, I'd like to speak on leader and example. The often phrased gift of leadership is talked about, bounded about, written about widely throughout both the business world, the world at large, and in our Christian world. But as followers of Jesus, I think Jesus should always be where our example of leader should always flow out of. He breaks the mold of leadership and is often the original masterpiece of leadership by which every dodgy counterfeit can be seen for what it is. When we align ourselves with Jesus, we recalibrate ourselves to what true leadership is He should be the benchmark all of the so-called leadership models are weighed by. Well, as we start, what is leadership? What is leadership? It's a good thing to think about. What is it? Is it title? Is it wearing a badge? Is it having a position? Is it a rank? I recognize when I first came to Skipton and the church, which is now Champions Church, many people had little titles that they wore. Elder, or oh, I'm the Bible teacher, I'm the this, I'm the worship leader. They all seemed to have a badge, which disturbed me a little bit, because I'm the type of guy that, you know, I'm Michael. You know, this is who I am. I don't need a title, you know. I'll always be Michael. God made me Michael. Um, But uh, yeah, is leadership a badge? Is it a title? Or is it following Jesus with zeal and encouraging others to do so also? Is it being 100% devoted to the Master? Is it by example, by your words and by your actions, laying out a template that others can follow? Who can lead? Who is it that can lead? Well, I believe it's everyone that can lead, from the youngest to the oldest. Will you lead? That's the question. Will you lead? I've got three simple points this morning. I was always like, oh, I've got to look for some fancy titles, but they're not that fancy. Um, But our first one this morning is always a crucible, always a cross. Plain and simple, Jesus' idea of those following him, his entourage, leaders would not be full of celebrity status. We see so much on our television screens of celebrities. Jesus' idea of leadership is not one of fame and fortune and celebrity status. Jesus lays it out. His idea of leadership involves denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following in the footsteps of, Of Jesus. Jesus' idea of leadership is very different. The Holy Scriptures reveal many aspects of Jesus' leadership, much of it really challenging. Are we ready for a challenge this morning? We've just read Mark chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. And In those passages, the context of that was Peter had just declared that Jesus is the very Son of God. That Jesus is the Messiah, the long-anticipated, anointed King that was going to come and rule. And these disciples, these young kids, these teenagers must have been so thrilled. Yeah, we're going to rule the world. We're going to be the ones that are going to be taking forward Jesus' kingdom. How pumped They must have been. They're all going to be leaders in God's enfolding rule, Christian leadership. And then Jesus drops the atom bomb and says, guys, it's not what you're expecting. It's not going to be the celebrity thing where people are putting the red carpet out for you. It's not going to be that way. There's only one way to enter, and it's through the cross. Are you ready, and hear me right with this, for your bloody, horrendous Execution. It's horrendous. At the cross, all those infantile, I want, I need, I feel, can be done away with. Dead. At the cross, all those He said, she said, I'm not going to church again because He said this, she said that. He didn't do this, she didn't do that. All dead at the cross. At the cross, all our flesh, our carnal, unspiritual, lukewarm, Infantile Christianity is put to death. That is the path of leadership through the cross. Galatians 2 verse 20 says this. Oh, I might click it on there. There we go. Uh, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is a crucible to leadership. The the crucible burns away the dross, the carnality, the me, 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 the I, I, I of our lives. And through that cross, through that crucible, is a life living where Christ lives through us. Where Christ bleeds out of us. When we go through the cross, what emerges is something magnificent. Someone who Christ lives through. A person transformed and able to lead valiantly. Putting Christ first in all things. Not a wishy-washy Christian. Not a lukewarm Christian. But one with vision, purpose. Who is uncompromising, passionate, zealous. So often we have preached, and I'm not saying you guys preach this way, but so often we have preached within Christianity a triumphant resurrection without going through the cross. But if you want a life in all of its fullness, it has to be through the cross. Jesus sets the example of His life and calls us to take up the way of the cross. I recognize this morning that we have our young people with us this morning. I want you guys and girls to listen up. Leadership doesn't start when you're Mick's age, or Lisa's age, or Phil's age, or even Matt's age. Do you know that? I know you probably think it does. (laughs) You probably think it starts then. It doesn't. It starts in that you're here and now. It did back then for those early disciples. They were kids. And it starts like that for us now. We can lead at any age. And I would say the younger you start, the better. This was the week that a hero of faith finished his race well. Billy Graham burned Bright for Jesus, led by example and finished his race strong. You know, I'm reminded by that scripture, and Lisa read that earlier, about the great cloud of witnesses that is watching on. As we run our race. And the scripture encourages us to throw off everything that hinders and run for Christ. My prayer for all of us, but especially our young people in the world full of complexity. That you throw off everything that hinders and you run passionately with zeal for Christ. I became a Christian at age 15. And then more or less straight away at age 16 went to... Horticultural College, where I was the only Christian student there. Poor Michael. You can say, ah. I was was called many names. uh, Bible Basher being one of them, because I was the only one who would stand for Christ, at least publicly there. There might have been others that were secret believers. I don't know. Um, But whilst I was there, um, I had uh, some lectures on arboriculture. And uh, you might think to yourself... Uh, what, what, what sort of things would you think you would have in a lecture on arboriculture? What comes to mind, anybody? Trees, yeah. Maybe how to prune uh, trees. Tr- 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 <laughs> prune trees, even, yeah. yeah. But no, uh, the, the first three lectures was on evolution, and uh, uh, yeah, which was really interesting. Uh, so John Oakes, bless him, if he's listening to this message now, I still have got a beef with you about this. Um, uh, so he, he taught about evolution for these three weeks. And so eventually, at the tender age of 16, I stood to my feet and I says, I says Mr. Oaks, I don't believe what you're teaching is correct. And I'm very confused as to why you're teaching this, when you should be teaching me about trees. <laughs> and and he, he ridiculed me for my Christian faith and in believing in a creation. And not only that, he says, well, you'll have to learn it anyway because you're going to be tested on it in the exam. My question is, will you be prepared to stand up in the world that we live in and be ridiculed for following Jesus? What we've just read is about taking up our cross and following him, denying ourselves, denying the luxury of blending into the crowd sometimes and standing for Jesus in our day and age. Will you bear the name of Jesus in the day and age that we live in. We so often spend so much time looking, even as Christian leaders, we're always looking for something slick in presenting the Christian message. But surely, with Christianity, it will always involve standing out of the crowd, being prepared to suffer the taunts for following the Master. I just wonder if any of you guys this morning are going to a new college or university in September. Is anyone in the room? Give us a nod. Nope. Sorry, I just thought I'd ask. Uh, it wasn't a word of knowledge. It really wasn't. You know, I've, I've prepared, but you know, I haven't really sought God that well. Um, my, my question is, will all of us in our lives, will we let others lead us? People who will lead us into depravity, into lukewarm Christianity? Or will you stand and lead? Will you lead in your workplace? Will you lead in your college? Will you lead in your university? Will you lead where God has planted you? Will you blaze a trail for Jesus Christ and lead others to Him? He is the pearl of great price. He is worth all your time, energy, zeal, passion, devotion, and worship. Leading is costly. If you ask these guys that are involved in church leadership, or you ask anybody that's involved in uh, leading for Christ, it's costly. It throws you into the public eye. It will cause you to constantly examine your own life, where you're at, what you are. It will cause you to examine your walk with God and where you're taking people. It's very introspective, the walk of a Christian leader. Jesus' leadership example involves a crucible, a crucifixion, a cost. Will you be prepared to go through the cross, crucifying the self, the me, me, me's, the I, I, I's, and allow Christ to shine through you. So my second point, Jesus qualifies and empowers. Jesus qualifies and empowers I'm going to just read from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. It says this, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I've got another couple of scriptures. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. Luke 9, verses 1 to 6. This is when Jesus had called the 12 together. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony. Against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. And my last scripture there is Acts chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know, I can remember at the tender age of 16 or 17, being part of a Christian youth group. And after one of the leaders had asked me to lead something in the youth program, it had just bombed. It had been one of those nights where it just hadn't quite worked out. So maybe this has encouraged some of you that have had a bomb moment, I don't know. Uh, And when this happened, the youth leader says to me, Uh, Michael, I probably don't think you're going to be a leader. (laughs) Words to such effect. I'm glad Jesus qualifies the unqualified. He picks not from the religious elite of the day, the rabbinical schools, the creme de la creme, but picks the kids that didn't quite make it. Unschooled fishermen from the back of beyond. Not the place, not the people you would pick to mount a worldwide ministry from. But Jesus qualifies the unqualified and his leadership style is different from how the world generally sees. Precious diamonds, we're told, are found in lumps of black coal. And Jesus was the master of knowing this and drawing out the potential in people. I love it that Jesus has cracked leadership team. He picks two opposing viewpoints. It's a bit crazy. You know, whether any of us can do the same, I don't know. He picks a tax collector like Matthew that is in league with the Romans. And then he picks a zealot that anybody that knows what zealots do, they're out to kill the Roman army and whatever. And he puts these two people in the same leadership team. How interesting it would have been to be a fly on the wall in their conversations. Hmm. It would have been quite interesting. Perhaps rather than always looking for those who look or think like us on our teams, we might one day choose a wild card or two like Jesus did. Monkey see, monkey do. Has anybody ever heard that phrase? Well, I think Jesus very much put that into effect. With Jesus, he had no intention of making it the Jesus Roadshow It being all about him. I know, obviously, Christianity is all about Jesus. It goes with the name Christ. But uh, it wasn't his idea for him to do everything and for us just to be the audience watching on. I mean, it's yeah, I've just said that, Michael. Uh, Well, Jesus knows how to take ordinary people and train, equip, and empower them. You know, Jesus isn't after you being his errand boy or his errand girl. He's not after you being his manager, doing a set of tasks on his behalf. Jesus is after you standing in his stead, as if Jesus was in your shoes himself. It's like we're Jesus' ambassadors, and we've got the backing of heaven. Now that's leadership. That's real empowerment. A few weeks ago, I said to Sarah, I had a meeting I couldn't be at as I was at college doing my master's. How impressive is that? Uh, And I said to Sarah, I can't be there. Will you stand in my shoes? We have seen in the scriptures, we have been reading of Jesus' leadership approach of empowerment, of his disciples not being Jesus' tea boy or tea girl, but representing him and carrying his authority. That's always been the plan. I love that that last passage. These guys... Knew that Peter and John were unschooled. Maybe they still smelt a little bit of fish. Maybe they wore sort of fisherman's or fisherwomen's clothes. Maybe they spoke with a broad Lancashire accent. I don't know. But they were astonished at them because they realized, not, they, didn't, they didn't, wasn't astonished because they'd gone on a leadership course. That they got three degrees. uh, That they'd been on some seminar. That we were astonished because they recognized. They had been with Jesus. And any of you guys thinking about leadership. Possibly being a leader in the future. Blazing a trail for Jesus. The best start to prepare. Is always going to be spending time with Jesus. And as you do. He will prepare you with what to say with or without your broad Lancashire or even Yorkshire accent. So my third point is this. Jesus embodies servant leadership. Jesus embodies servant leadership. I'm going to look at Luke chapter 22, verses 24 to 27. I know I'm using the Bible. Terrible, isn't it? Uh Luke 22, verses 24 to 27. A dispute arose, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The King of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are to not be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. And then John chapter 13, verses 3 to 6. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power And that he had come from God, and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So Jesus reveals a different type of leadership this thing we call servant leadership. It was revolutionary then, and it is revolutionary today. First, I want to apologize on behalf of those who come under the Pentecostal umbrella. Some of whom have modeled leadership with nothing like the servant leadership that Jesus embodied. If you watch some of the religious channels, please note this. Some of the programs might be good on there. Some are unchristian. And some are blatant, dare I say it, witchcraft. Many of these channels are a money-making racket. If you have little discernment, watch Endeavor. Watch some science fiction. And keep away from such garbage. Serious point though. Some so called Christian leaders today suggest that they cannot sit next to sinners on a plane and so need a private jet or three, (laughs) lest they be contaminated by sinful people. I wonder which gospel they're reading. They suggest if you send them lots of money, all your debts will be paid off. Christians, there are ravenous wolves have nothing to do with them. They look nothing like the Jesus that we read about in the Gospels. Jesus described Himself as a good shepherd. A shepherd lives with the sheep, protects the sheep. The shepherd is the gate of the sheepfold. He lies down with the sheep at the gate, protecting the sheep. Jesus was not an aloof leader. He was close His whole life was on display before everyone. Any time he would wander off on his own to get a bit of peace, his entourage would come after him, panicking as to where he'd gone. You want to lead? Serve. And yes, I realize that even today, even in Christian circles, those two words, leadership and servant, they don't seem synonymous. They don't seem to go well together. But that's exactly the Christian leadership that Jesus calls us to. Some of you will like, what is this preacher talking about? If you want to lead, serve. Some of you will think that's manipulation. That's taking advantage of people. Oh, preacher, you just have to get some jobs done. You just have to someone that's going to clean the loose or whatever or hoover up. It's another way of manipulating people. I just want to tell people what to do, you might say. I just like the idea of preaching or leading or having a voice. You know, when I first became a Christian, I went to a little brethren church. I handed out the hymn books. I shook people's hands. I operated the OHP. (laughs) For those of you that If you're under the age of 20, you won't have a clue what an OHP is. (laughs) You can ask your parents later. (laughs) I taught the wild 11s to 15s in junior church that was jumping up and down on the sofas. I served with the preparation of communion. The unseen stuff. I served on car parking with a yellow jacket. I served in a million different ways. Why? Because it was a joy... To serve Jesus. And it's still a joy. To serve Jesus now. That's the faith. And if you ever want to lead. That's your start. Your middle. And your end. Will involve serving. And for goodness sake. 2018 British Christianity. If you want to follow Jesus. Find the basin. And the towel. So let's earth this. At our church at present. We have. Someone who has maybe a few challenges with personal hygiene, maybe could do with a a 60 minute makeover. Many people have come up to me of late and told me about this particular person, expecting me to do some magic. I don't know, Lisa, will anybody ever come up to you expecting some magic trick? I don't know. Uh, and, uh, and, And make it go away. Maybe to whisk this person off and then bring them out with a great reveal. And that would be so cool. <laughs> I would love to do that in so many ways. It would be other people in our church, and maybe, maybe some people at least would like to do that in this church. You know, whisk them away and bring them back again, and everything is perfect. Friends, we're following the servant king, and it's going to involve washing smelly, sometimes disgusting feet. Serving is dirty, and if you want to lead, be ready for a few smelly feet. Be ready to get your hands dirty. Leaders see things. If you're looking for prospective leaders, they're people that spot things. I was always concerned when I first came to Skipton and someone on our leadership team at the time had not recognized a particular table with some magazines that had been on there for years. What table? What magazines? And I'm like, I'm concerned. LAUGHTER <laughs> But real leaders see things, but it doesn't stop there. Sometimes get people, don't you, that see things and then, have you seen that mess that somebody really ought to do something about that? That's not leadership. Leadership is seeing something and then being part of the process of change. Serving to be the solution. Oh, but pastor, I serve two weeks in every month in the children's ministry and I deserve a rest. You ever get that, Lisa? For goodness sake. Oh, Pastor, Sunday's my only day off. I think I'm entitled to a lie-in. I can't possibly manage to get to church before the offering plate goes round. (laughs) You know, the leadership Jesus models is being a servant. The servant gets up first, puts the heating on, gets the meals ready, Cleans up ready for the guests to arrive. The servant prepares. If you want to be a leader, you must learn the art of serving. Get on a team. Shake some hands. Clean the loos. Wash some pots and pans. Paint some walls. Whatever way. Learn the art of serving. Adrian Botwright, when he was rector at Holy Trinity, that's the guy that used to have the beard, (laughs) church up the road. uh, He... I. I had had the joy of being asked to do the pulpit swap. And I was amazed because I've got no idea about this Anglican stuff. And so he just showed me, explained something about the robes that he wears. I'm like, I'm not wearing that. (laughs) (laughs) But they've got this thing that goes sort of round their shoulders and down here. Most um, Anglican ministers will wear them from time to time. And it resembles the towel that Jesus had round him. And it's a constant reminder to those that serve in Christian ministry that their leadership is through the basin and the towel. A constant, visible reminder. I'm so proud of those largely older Christians who have been a constant presence in our town over recent years. The street angels, clearing up glass bottles, giving out flip-flops, calling a taxi, serving people like Jesus called us to. They're actually longing for others to serve with them in the ministry. Many of them are getting older in years. Maybe some of you guys this morning might think about helping in that ministry. Christian Aid Collections, collecting thousands of pounds for charity. They're longing for volunteers. Maybe one or two of you might think about helping in that respect. There's a billion and one different ways of serving Jesus. But can I tell you something? I'm nearly landing the plane now, so I'm getting there. Uh, can I tell you something that I learned some years ago? We think serving is demeaning at times, so much hard work, so dull. Can I tell you a secret? I found this in John's gospel, the first miracle that Jesus actually performed in that gospel, the one where he turned water into wine, and a lot of us are Christians like. Can't use that in certain contexts. Uh, it turns water into wine. An amazing miracle. And those that were sitting down. Reclining at the tables. Were like this is the best wine ever. But as you read that passage. You realize the penny drops. The only people that saw the miracle take place. Were the servants. And it, what happened then. Is the same today. It will be the servants that see. The miracles. So don't see servanthood as being somehow demeaning. Actually, it can be the most amazing thing. As you serve Jesus, you will see the miracles. In conclusion, then, I'll put my little thing there. We go. Uh, in conclusion, I love this technology. It's brilliant. Uh, so much more we could say about Jesus's leadership. Anyone can. Be a leader. Whatever age you are, young people, start being a leader now where God has placed you. It's not about position or title. It's about the way that you walk. It's about your life lived out before people. When people are watching, when people are not watching. So very challenging. Will you lead or will you follow? If you're following, make sure you're following what the Father is telling you to do. Jesus says the way to lead is through the cross. Are we ready to die to ourselves in order to shine for Christ in our generation? How much more important in days when things can sometimes look very dark for the lights to be turned on in the place where God has placed us Turn the heat of that crucible, God, that we might be refined and come out as gold. The world has far too many lukewarm Christians. Be a devoted follower of Christ in your generation. Lead. Jesus picks his premier team from the, I've written this thing down and I don't know whether anybody knows what it means. Vanorama National League. Nobody knows. Not use that again. Uh, He picks his A-team from the benches. We might think or might even have been told that we cannot amount to much. Yet Jesus chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Get close to Jesus and who knows who you may astonish in days to come. Jesus empowers and releases He gives us the task of being His hands and His feet in this world. We're not called as leaders just to know head knowledge, but to be Him, to be Jesus where we have been planted. Jesus models a leadership that looks far more like pedicure than a red carpet photo shoot. Are we ready for the servant leadership Jesus calls us to embody? In what ways are you serving here or in your neighborhood or workplace or college or university? The world is sick and tired of slick, mask-wearing, skinny jeans folk and longing for those who will look a bit like Jesus, living out a genuine, authentic faith amongst people, serving, loving, caring, befriending. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you. It is cutting. It is sharp. It is effective. I pray, Lord, for this beautiful congregation here this morning, that you will speak to them. I pray that leaders will arise and emerge because of the hearing about you and the way that you lead, Lord Jesus. Pray your blessing on everybody listening to this message. In Jesus' name, amen.